Welcome to Bite Size, a cybersecurity Q&A presented to you by Kroll & Mooring. Our goal is to take the complex world of government contract cybersecurity and break it down into bite-sized pieces. My name is Kate Growley. And I'm Evan Wolf. Every other week, we'll take one question that we frequently hear from our clients and give you a short, simple answer. And we'll explain why it matters. Here's a question that came up from a recent client discussion. What is NIST and why is it so important to contractors? That's a great question, Evan, and I've heard that come up too. So for our curious listeners that may not know, can you explain what NIST is? Well, NIST is definitely not the latest app, but NIST stands for the National Institute of Standards and Technology. It was founded in 1901. It's a non-regulatory agency. It's actually a standard-setting agency, and it's located within the U.S. Department of Commerce. So what's its mission? What's its purpose? So, as I said, its mission is to promote U.S. innovation and industrial competitiveness by advancing measurement science, standards, and technology in ways that enhance economic security and improve our quality of life. That is quite the mission. NIST is known also for issuing various publications and guidance, right? Yeah. In fact, that's what makes NIST famous and special. NIST provides various standards that are often called special publications. For example, specific to government contractors, NIST has issued various special publications that are focused on cybersecurity, which is one of the reasons why we're talking to you about it today. Right. So what are those most important standards that government contracts and cybersecurity aficionados should know about? Yeah, so there's actually two that we're going to talk about today that are most important. And NIST likes to give numbers to everything. So there's two sets of numbers we're going to be talking about. The first is NIST 853, which is a cybersecurity standard that's applicable to all U.S. federal information systems, except those that are related to national security, which includes catalogs of security and privacy controls. And that's a podcast for a separate day. But these controls under NIST 853 are used most commonly under the Federal Information Security Management Act, or FISMA, and FedRAMP, which many of you may have heard about. While typically reserved for federal agencies, there are instances where the government requires contractors to meet 853 security controls. So contractors may be required to implement NIST 853 when connecting to the federal information systems or operating a federal information system. The second control that we're going to talk about is a much more fun and friendly control. It's called NIST 800-171. This one was created specifically for contractor information systems handling special kinds of government data called controlled and classified information, sometimes referred to as CUI. And we will not be referring to it as CUI on this podcast ever, as long as I'm a part of it. The NIST 800-171 standard includes 110 controls, and those are thematically similar to 853, but there's a lot less of them. There's over 700 controls in 53, and there's a lot more flexibility in implementation. Important for everyone listening today 171 is the adequacy security standard for the DFAR safeguarding clause. And it's also incorporated in the new cybersecurity requirement implemented by the DFAR's interim rule that we talked about last month. Uh, so, Kate, what, are the, uh, what should individuals know about the NIST publications? Well, that there is a lot more of them. NIST has literally thousands of publications. Some are part of that special publication series with the 853 and 171. Some are internal reports. Those have the letters IR in their name. Uh, Some are bulletins. 
of that massive library, some of the content gets very specific. Uh, some are dedicated to media sanitization or multi-factor authentication, while some of the content is also more general, like NIST risk management framework or its privacy framework. That's a great overview. So in sum, what should contractors keep in mind about NIST? Well, contractors should appreciate that it is common to see various NIST standards referenced uh, in government contracts. You may see things like 53 or 171 because that's required. And other times you may see some other references at the customer's discretion. So here I'm thinking a good example is that media sanitization publication. We do sometimes see that get folded into contract requirements. So it's good to be generally familiar with what NIST has out there. NIST materials can also serve as a useful benchmarking tool. If there's an issue that you're not sure how to tackle, the chances are that NIST probably has something published on it. And the last thing I'd say is that NIST really looks to private industry to help it shape these materials. It's really common for NIST to issue draft versions of its guidance, specifically so that industry can weigh in. And even before the draft gets published, NIST often hosts open meetings to discuss the issues that ultimately get folded into those drafts. So it's nice that for such an important standard-setting body, the contracting community really has plenty of ways to have their voice heard. Which is great, and that means we can all have our favorite NIST standard. So, Kate, what is yours? Oh, I think I absolutely have to go with 171. There's, that's front and center for me, Evan. Okay. So I, I will say, just for all the listeners out there, that NIST 861 Rev 2 is by far my favorite, which is the one that covers computer security and incident handling guidelines. So if you need to develop an incident response guideline, that's the one to follow. And maybe we'll talk about that in weeks to come. But that's it for today. So thank you for joining Bite Size. The Q&A will be back with you in a few weeks with some new questions and hopefully some good answers. But in the meantime, if you have any suggestions for what you would like us to cover, please let us know. I can be reached at 202-624-2615. And Kate can be reached at 202-624-2698. Thank you. This has been Bite Size Q&A, a podcast brought to you by Kroll & Mooring. You can find more information at kroll.com slash cyberpodcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review.